month, we want to talk about overcoming trouble. Amen. And so, you know, Job 3, verse 25 through 26. Job says, For the things which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, and yet trouble came. Amen. So, wow. That's a powerful word there, isn't it? We often hear people say that they're having trouble, trouble with their kids, trouble with their spouses, trouble with their employer employees, trouble with their church members and in-laws and so on. Trouble is defined as to disturb the mental calm and contentment of weary, distress, agitate, to be agitated. Something of someone that is a cause of source of our disturbance, distresses, annoyances, and etc., Job said, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble or turmoil, turmoil and disquietness came. Even David found himself crying out in Psalms 42, 5, What art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? David wanted to know why his soul was troubled, what was causing him to worry and to be distressed. To have such an annoyance within himself. Do you ever find yourself questioning yourself? You're asking yourself, what in the world is going on? You know, why in the world am I going through this? And why am I facing this in my life? Job kind of like hit it and he says, you know, what I always feared has happened to me. You know, sometimes we hear things happen in others' lives and then we wonder, man... When is it going to hit me? When is it going to come on my doorstep? You know, and so we're going to talk a little bit about this this month, and, and hopefully we can help each other to, to get our focus a little bit better on how we continue to run this race. You know, Jesus told us in, Matthew, in John sixteen thirty three, he says, In this life you shall have what? Tribulations. He says they're going to come. He says, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And so if he overcame, then he's telling us where we need to put our focus so that we too can overcome. If he overcame, then he's going to tell us how to overcome and the things that we will face and the things that we will go through. And so we need to be aware of these things. Amen. When you look at Job's life, amen, Job did not take for granted his security. You know, a lot of times if you've got a lot of money and you've got a lot of prosperity, it's easy to put your trust in those things. And you can begin to rely on those things, not realizing that trouble still can get in. You know, the money is a defense, the Bible tells us, and wisdom is a defense. But the, the greatest of wisdom is it gives life, and money doesn't. See, so if we have a lot, if we're not careful, we can begin to trust in those things and not trust in the Lord. Amen. And so we have to be careful that we don't allow material possessions and things to, to cause us to lose our focus on where it should be, which is on Christ Jesus. Amen. And so Job is trying to let us realize that, hey, All the things he had in a split second, it can be gone. 
You know, and I've heard people ask the questions. I've read books and things. People say, well, why did God allow Satan to tempt Job and, and Job to go through things he went through? Well, personally, I think, as the rest of the scriptures tell us, the things that was written before was written for our example and for our learning. And I believe God placed these stories in there sometimes so that you and I can look at it and say, okay, this is what happened this is what transpired, and this is what was the end result. So that we can look at it and apply our lives, because you can learn things from what others has gone through. See? And so, and as a result, if God helped them through it, and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if He helped them, He's no respecter of persons, He will help us. And so, therefore, we have to keep our focus. On it. I, I think Job's story is a story to help us build our faith, you know, and shows us the end results. That if we stay with it, if we don't throw in the towel, if we don't quit, you know, we'll get twice more than what we had before. You know, a lot of times what God may cause us to lose might be something that would have hindered us. And so we need to get, he wants to get it out of the way. You know, I might want to cling to it, but God might say, no, this can impede your walk with me. So I want to get rid of it, you know, and stuff. And so, and as a result, I have to be willing to not lean to my own understanding. I got to trust him. I have got to acknowledge him in every circumstance. And so sometimes we may not understand all the things that will transpire and the things that we will go through, but we know that God has our best interests at heart. He's told us, I didn't bring you out to leave you. I brought you out to carry you in. And the Bible also tells us in Exodus, I think is, uh, what is it? I think it's Exodus chapter 1, I think it is. I think it might be verse 7 through 14. Uh, verse 14 or verse 7, one of, them, one of them. But anyhow, it says the more that they afflicted them, they multiplied and grew. See? So the more trials, the more affliction, the more troubles they had, they, they multiplied and they grew. So we, we have to uh, trust in God. We have to believe. I don't think that's the right one. It might be 14. 114, somewhere in there. Anyhow, let's see if I can find it real quick. 112. I'm way off. Exodus 112. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, you know. So we should be growing. Amen. So when you're going through things, trials, tests, whatever, it should draw you closer to God. It should cause you to dig deeper, get deeper, get rooted. It would Paul tell us and throughout scriptures tell us be steadfast and unmovable, always about. And we need to look at troubles. We need to look at tribulations and things and says, what is God trying to show me? What is he trying to reveal to me through what I am going through in my life? We know it's not there to destroy us. I believe they're there to make us strong, to build our faith. Amen. And so we need to be aware of that. And 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through verse 6, Paul writing to the church at Corinth says, Blessed be God, 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through verse 6. He says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in what? Trouble. In any trouble. Notice. So God comforts us so that we can help others in their troubles. See? Our suffering, the things we go through, He brings around and comforts us. Amen. So that now we can help others. You know? And this is what God desires to us. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves of comfort of God. For as the suffering of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering, which also, which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So some of the things we may go through is so we can get prepared to help others. Because God will be with you. Amen. Even in the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. Amen. So God will be with us. Jesus says in John 14, 1, Let not your hearts be what? Troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. See? And you have to get to that point to where you say, Okay, I'm going through this. As the song says, let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me alone. For without you, I could never make heaven my home. You know, the old folks used to have that song, Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. You know, take my hand. You know, you know what's that, that, that poem or, or that... That, that everybody usually have the footprints in the sand. And it says, when you see only one set of footprints, he's carrying you. So that's to help you to keep your focus, to let you know he's not going to believe you. I'm not going to forsake you. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. He's got your best interest. So God will comfort us when we're going through things so that when we come out of those things, we have the abilities now to turn around and comfort one another. We consider others to help others, to lift up others, to build up others. Amen. It's what God wants us to do. Amen. In our lives. He suffered so that we could be comforted and have salvation. Now I have to take what he's given me and apply it to help others. Because people are suffering. People are going through things in their lives. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with trouble in their lives. And so, but we, which are his, should have that knowledge of how to deal with the situations and circumstances that comes our way. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. Paul says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. 
He says, we've got trouble coming from every way. But yet, we're not crushed. We're not distressed. Amen. Trouble's coming, but we're not being crushed. We're perplexed, and we're not in despair. We are persecuted, and not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Christ might be manifested in us. And so sometimes my tribulations and my trials that I'm going through is to reflect Christ. Amen. Because now I have to be able to stand firm. I have to trust Him. I want to magnify Him. Nothing, as the Sumter said, should stop me, Paul said, of this boasting, you know, of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, Paul says, Lest I should be exalted upon measure that was given to me, what? A thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet at me. He says, and I sought the Lord three times to take it away. And what did he say? My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, when I'm going through things, I've got to learn to trust in the Lord. David says in Psalms 20, the Lord hear thee in the day of what? Trouble. Psalms 20 verse 1. Amen. He said, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob, defend thee, sending thee help where? From the sanctuary, and strengthen thee out of Zion. See, he gives you the word from heaven, so you go out of these doors and go out and help somebody else in their troubles. He, you strengthen, amen, out of the sanctuary. Send you out of the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. See, he gives you the word to put in your heart. Remembering all your what? Offerings and accepting all your burnt sacrifice, verses 3. Amen. Notice, he remembers everything you've done. God, don't forget what you've done. You know? And your sacrifices. He doesn't forget it. See? Notice, he says, Selah. Focus on that for a moment. He remembers what you do. See? Verse 4. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill thine own counsel. Verse 5. In the name of the Lord, we will rejoice in thy salvation. Are you glad about your salvation? Rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, will we set up a banner? Lift up your banners. Let the anthems ring. (laughs) Amen. The Lord fulfill all thine petitions. Verse 6. Now know I what? The Lord will save his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heavens. With the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but... We will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. Amen. What a powerful scripture. He sends you help right out of here. That's why when you're out in Walmart and everything else, somebody else could have been praying. And all of a sudden, you find yourself praying for somebody in Walmart. 
you're helping, you're strengthened. You get a call, you go, you help, you strength. That's help from the sanctuary and strengthen out of Zion. Because you went out in a, in, a, in, a, in a zeal to do something to be used of God. You ever pray, God, use me. You know? And so he says, okay, I'm going to use you. you know? And that's why a lot of times you can comfort and relate to certain things that others has gone through. Because you've already gone through those things. God has comforted you. He has showed you, I am with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. And so now you're able to put your arm around someone and help them to understand, hey, he brought me through. Hang on. He'll bring you through. Just keep walking. Just keep trusting. Just keep believing. And so Paul finds himself wondering about this thorn that he has in his flesh. He wanted it to be taken away. And God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My unmerited love, Paul, my divine influence operating in your life is good. You just hold on. Amen. And so this is why when we read Paul's letters to the church, you know, they are so encouraging because he talks about to the church at Corinth. You know, if you read both of the letters, first and second, you think, look at all the things he's talking about, trouble here, trouble there. You know, think about in Acts 14, you know, he gets stoned. But what does he do? He get up and go right back and preach again, you know, to bring comfort, to bring hope. Amen. And in, in, in 2 Corinthians 11, 22 to 33, one of my favorite, as Paul goes on and says here, he says, And are they not Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seeds of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more. And labor more abundantly, and stripes above measure, and prison more frequent. Sound like trouble? <laughs> you know, in death often. Think about it. He's relaying to them his troubles. You know, he goes on. Of the Jews, five times see how forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice was I suffered shipwreck. A night and day I've been in the deep, in journey and often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watching often and hunger and thirst and fasting often and cold and nakedness beside those things that are without that which come upon me daily, the cares of all the church. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must need glory, I will glory of the things which concern in my infirmities, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forevermore. Know that I lie not in Damascus, the governor and the Arethias, the king kept the city of the Domestians with the garrison, desiring to apprehend me, and through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped by their hands. Look at the trouble he went through. You know, think about it. And that's why he can comfort us through the words to let us know he went through all that. And think of all the letters he's written to edify, to build up, to encourage and strengthen us. And you won't ever go through a church service. You don't hear somebody talk about Paul. <laughs> you know, they're going to preach about Paul and what he did and what he went through. And then in Acts 20, uh, 22 through 24, and Paul goes on and says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, 
No, he, he says, I'm going to head into trouble. Go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, and knowing the things that shall befall me there, save the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and affliction abide me. He said, the Holy Ghost has already told me that I'm going to go through some stuff here. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus has testified the gospel of the grace of, of God. Amen. He says, so, I got too many promises from the Lord. So, troubles abound to me. Troubles are coming. So, I'm just going to keep worshiping. You know, in, in 2 Corinthians, he goes back and he says, bear with me. He says, because I'm going to rejoice in my folly. You know, he's going to rejoice still. No matter what happens, he goes on and he says, they was fighting without and fear within. You know, he says, nevertheless, this is the point that we all have to get to in our troubles. You know, Jesus did not want to drink the cup. What he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. When we get to that point of nevertheless, I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to serve God no matter what I'm going through. You know, God will take notice. Heaven will take notice. Hell will even take notice. You know, that you they're not messing with some flunky on the sideline. They will realize that you have your mind made up, you're set for the prize, and you're going to keep pressing towards the mark of the prize and the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. Amen. So we have to move to that point of nevertheless. David goes on in Psalms 37, verse 39. He says, But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. Amen. Isaiah says, God is our refuge and strength. Amen. The Psalms just said. Amen. And a very present help in the time of trouble. The salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He'll deliver you. That's why Hebrews 10, 35 through 39 says, Cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. You have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. But yet in a little while, he that will come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just has got to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We're not of them to draw back to perdition. We're them that believe to the saving of the soul. He's going to come. You have to wait. You know, that's why Samuel told Saul, he says, why didn't you wait? You know, that was not your job. Wait. That's why David says also in Psalm 27, when my father and mother forsake me, he said, the Lord will take me up. And then at the end of the 27th Psalm, he says what? Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. See, that's why you got to get to that point of nevertheless. So that you're still doing what you know to do while you're waiting on God. Because he that will come, will come, and will not tarry. The just has got to live by faith. Amen. So we can overcome these things that we face in life. Amen. Because we have promises from God. That's why the writer of Hebrews 6 says, Beloved, I am persuaded 
of better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous, forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown to his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen. You got to show the same diligence of the hope. When you're in joy for times, you've got to still show forth Christ. When you're in trials and tests, you still got to show forth Christ. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You can overcome trouble. Just stay focused. Number one, don't focus on the trouble. Amen. Most of the time, people, that's where their minds immediately go. When they got problems or situations or bad reports or whatever, that's where your mind and your focus immediately go is right towards that. And that's where you wind up spending your energy, you know, instead of worshiping God. Isaiah says in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, amen, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him, upon thee, because what? You trust in thee. Trust in the Lord forever. Part time. Trust in the Lord forever. Not when you feel good. Trust in him forever. For the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. You know, as the Lord told Moses, God told Moses, he says, Moses... He said, your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he said, they only knew me by the name God Almighty. He said, but by my name Jehovah, they didn't know me. Think about it. God Almighty is just a title. But the name is Jehovah. And that name is deliverance. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Taniskanu, you know, my peace, my righteousness. Jehovah Shammam, amen. All those names, Jehovah, trust in the Lord, for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting saving strength. He's not going to leave you. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he what? Careth for you. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean to your own understanding. Because when troubles come, the first thing we try to do is we try to rationalize it in our minds. How can I fix this? You know, how can I get rid of this? And so that's where we start focusing. But when we need to just trust God, keep our peace, keep our minds stayed on Him. That's why Daniel 7.25 says, He shall speak great words against the Most High and try to wear out the saints of the Most High. Because if Satan knows if he can wear you out, you're going to lose focus. See? So you got to let God maintain that peace. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice evermore. Amen. And again I say, rejoice. Be careful for nothing, right? Verse 5. Let your moderation be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Let them know that God's still with you. You know? Just keep trusting. Just keep walking. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice. Amen. Just keep rejoicing. See? As more you rejoice, it doesn't mean that it ain't going to go away. You're not going to think about it, but don't focus on it. See? Keep your focus where you're supposed to be. On Him. Acknowledge Him. Cast it upon Him. Hold God to His Word. See? That's why when Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, when they came out and told them that Moab and Ammon and Mount Seir is coming out against you, he saw trouble. They saw trouble. But what did he do? He went to God in prayer. He got right in the court of the house of God, and he says, God, you said. You know, and that's what we've got to get to pray sometimes like that. I don't know if you do, but I do. I pray, God, you said. God, your word says. You know, and hold him to his word. You know, get bold like Moses. God, if you're going to take them out, take me out. Did you pray like that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but pray the word of God. You know, hold God to his word. Amen. So trust in the Lord. Don't throw away your towel. Cast all your cares upon him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. God will show you what you need to do. You know, wisdom is known. He will begin to show you what you need to do. He will. He. You. You might hear God says, "Wait." You might hear God says, "Okay, go over here, or go there." You know. You never know. See. So don't lean to your understanding. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. Amen. He'll get you through it. So stay focused on Him. What did Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah 61, 3, you know, and then Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me, Jesus said, to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to what? Heal the broken heart. The priest delivers to the captive, the recover of sight to the blind, the set at liberty them that are bruised, and preach the acceptable years of the Lord. And Isaiah 61, 3 says, God has given us a what? Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So get in the habit of worshiping. You know, remember that old commercial about shout when it first came out? You know, the tub stain in the clothes. They says, spray it with shout and it'll come out, right? So shout it out. Sometimes you just might need to get out in the aisle and start shouting, <laughs> you know. Have a good Holy Ghost blowout with yourself. Or even in your house. You don't have to do it here. You know, you know if you're ashamed to, to do it here, do it in your house. Maybe you don't want to your job. Just run up and down the aisles in Walmart. Just raising your hands. Praise God. You know, what do you think they do? <laughs> Over in the Watkins store, you know, the walking store, you know, just get the raising your hand, run it up and down the railroad track, you know, with your hands lifted in the air, you know, 
at least the troubles will be gone. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> but just, but, but, <laughs> okay, let's get back on track. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but we can't lose, <laughs> we can't lose focus, you know. Don't, we don't want to lose our focus on where we're headed. You know, we got a destination. Amen. And as long as we keep our focus on that destination, you know, we just keep pressing towards the mark. We just keep pressing towards the, the, the prize. As David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. He gives strength to me. As the psalm says, as I worship him, as my heart is filled with praise, Jesus breaks the bands. When I raise my hands, he gives glorious victory. See? So I got to get to that point of nevertheless. No matter what I, what's going, no matter how I feel, I got to pray. I still got to worship. I got to give him thanks, you know, for all that he does for me. Paul goes on in Colossians 3, 1 through 3. He says, if you have been risen with Christ... He says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He says, set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. But why? You're dead. So trouble shouldn't he be facing you. You're dead. <laughs> dead people don't have troubles. <laughs> You're dead. And your life is hid in Christ. See? So don't even let the enemy try to focus and get you off track because you're dead. So you might as well just say, I'm just praising on through this place because that old life is gone. See? And I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. Amen. So always remember, as you're born again, you're dead. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all can things come new. So don't focus on it. He will come. Just keep worshiping. Just keep serving and doing what you know to do. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know. <laughs> See, you know some things, don't you? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. He didn't call you for nothing. So when he called you, he called you for a purpose. So it's going to work together. Amen. We know that all things work together to the good to them that love God, to them that are according to his purpose. For whom he did for no, he also did predestine. He predestined to make you just like him. Amen. He's gonna conform, he's conforming you to his image. You've got to suffer a few little bit. You got to get some old blocks knocked off the chop. <laughs> you know some knots. You got to get them knocked off. You know some things. You got to come off. And sometimes some of those things we have to get rid of is kind of painful. But he's molding us into his image. 
This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He says, our light afflictions, which are only but a moment, they're working in you a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. See, God is working things out of us. Amen. And sometimes we've got to go through that image. We've got to follow that pathway of suffering sometimes. And those things he went through, you know, to bring us through. As we always like to say, gold in gold until it's what? Tried in the fire and silver is only purified after the beauty of it comes to the top after it's been in, in the furnace for a while. So sometimes we got to go through some things and Sometimes our afflictions and our tribulations and trials and tests and what we like to call as troubles, sometimes we've got to go through it. Amen. But we stay focused because we've got the promise of his word. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Amen. Don't lean to your own understanding. I'll be with you. Amen. Therefore, the redeemer of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And every lasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and mourning shall flee away, Isaiah said. Amen. It's going to be good. Because we know that all things work together. Whom he did predestine to them, he did also what? Call and to whom he called. Amen. Conform to the image of the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestine them, he also called. And whom he called, he what? Justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. So what then shall we say for these things? Is God be for us? Everybody else might as well be, right? Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. I'm with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. And so don't focus on these things. Amen. Keep... Keep your focus on the Lord. Amen. And he will get us through the things we go through. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 7, 4 through 7. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 4 through 7. He says, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulations. For when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without was fighting, within was fear. Nevertheless, God that comforts those that are cast down, comfort us by the coming of Titus. And not by his coming only, but by the constellation wherewith he was comforted in you. When he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind towards me, so that I rejoice the more. Amen. So Paul says, hey, he says, we had fighting out, fear within. He says, but we got the report. Amen. He says, man, I just wanted to rejoice even more. And that's the thing is we, we got to realize, amen, that even though these trials and things will come, we've just got to keep rejoicing in the Lord more and more until the coming of the Lord. Amen. So don't focus on your trouble. Number two, are you the cause of the trouble? 
<laughs> now, sometimes, you know, troubles come, but sometimes we could be our own worst enemy. You know, we could be the one that's causing our own troubles. See, so I have to examine myself. I have to look at myself and determine, am I the one that's causing it, you know, to take place? And 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 17 and 18. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Are you the one that's trouble in Israel? <laughs> you know, here he is. The king says, You're the one that's trouble in Israel. And he answered, I am not trouble in Israel. You are. You're the one. <laughs> At Father's house, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed Balaam. You know, so he said, don't, don't try to blame it on me. You know, your trouble you're going through. He says, you're the one. So you have to ask yourself, am I causing my own trouble? Am I not following God the way I'm supposed to be following God? See, because if I am, then therefore I can expect a whole bunch of trouble. Because I have no protection around me. See, so I have to ask myself, is, am I the one that's causing this? And if I am, then I have to get away from me. You know, I have to take a step and get back in line. You know, that's why Proverbs 14, 14 says what? A good man is satisfied from himself. A backsliding heart is going to be filled with his own way. You backslide, you go the wrong way, everything that happens is going to... It's your own own doing. See? So you have to get back in track. You know, I've called you out to bring you in. That's why Jeremiah 6, 16 says, Stand ye and ask, where's the old path? Where's the good old way? And what? Walk in it. What they say? We ain't going to walk there. Well, you have trouble. You know? You get out of the will of God. You get out of God's pathway. You're not walking according to God's standard and what God wants. You can expect trouble. You know? And so you have to be, ask yourself, am I causing this? You know? That's why a lot of times when people go to counsel, when they got all kinds of trouble, financial trouble or whatever, what is the first thing they do? They start asking all kinds of questions. If you're in financial trouble, one of the things they're going to start asking you, about your bills. You know, who do you owe? How did you get here? You know, what happened? That's the first thing they can do. And then they're going to start laying out some things, you know, to tell you what you need to do to get it back right. And you can follow the advice or keep going down the wrong road. But, uh, you know, but what they're trying to say is you got trouble. You know, if you want to get rid of the trouble, get back over here and follow this plan and this procedure. But if you want to keep having trouble, keep going down this road. You know, it's what happened. And it's the same way with the Word of God. God calls us. He shows us in His Word when we're not in the right road. He shows us when we're not on the right path. You know, and so what do He say? Get in the path. Get back in the good old way. Ask words of that. You know, how do I get back on track? You know, if you're off track. He says, let me show you how to get back in the right path and walk according to the word of God 
so that you can endure hardness and keep going when trials and other things come. But if you're out here by yourself, you ain't got no protection. You know? So we, we, we got to ask ourselves, am I causing this? Proverbs 23, 29 to 35. You know, it says, who have sorrow? Who have woe? What happened? <laughs> they that tarry long get the wine. They that go make seek with wine. <coughs> seek with mixed wine. You know, think about it. People have become alcoholics. It's because they keep going right back. You know, then they wonder why they got trouble. You know, you have to ask yourself, am I causing my own trouble? Okay. But as a born-again believer, you should not be causing your own trouble. You know, wisdom. In all thy ways, get wisdom, get knowledge, get understanding. It's the principal thing. Embrace it, Solomon, mother told them. And it'll be, you know, it'll keep you. It will be like chains around your neck. And, you know, because you'll be on the right track. God don't want you, his people, to be going through stuff unaware and for the wrong reason. No born-again believer, you know, should be having all kinds of troubles that they just can't endure and handle. You should be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He gives you strength. He gives you power. He gives you encouragement. He comforts you in all your afflictions and things you go through because you're his. Amen. So so just realize that. Amen. Isaiah 38.1. We know Hezekiah, you know, caused his own trouble. You know, so God tell Isaiah, go tell him what? Get your house in order. Because if not, you're going to do what? He said you're going to die and not live. Hey? So he says, get it back in order. You know. So what does Hezekiah do? He started praying. He started calling out to God. Oh, God, remember all mine. I walked in your truth. God said, okay, well, get back where you're supposed to be. See? Don't cause your own trouble. Man. Because it's not good. So don't trust in yourself. Don't Stay focused and don't allow yourself to cause yourself own trouble. Amen. We're going to stop right there tonight. Amen. It's 8 o'clock.